0: Three, two, one... My wife. my wife!
1: I like how we all take the deep note, you know? <laughs> Dude, I'm not singing a high note. Have you ever heard me attempt that? No, but I don't yeah, think I want to. there's a reason to. why. Well, hi there. My name is Charlie. Welcome to JumpCats, where that's hopefully the most offensive bit we're gonna do in this episode. Uh, as I just said, my name is Charlie, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Will... Hello. And Park. I'm the president of the Country Steve Country Music Fan Club. (laughs) This week we watched Borat's subsequent movie film, and uh, Will has a little something he would like to say about the timing of this recording, so Will, I'll hand it off to you.
0: So I want to make it clear that we are recording this episode before the results of the United States presidential election. And we will be releasing it likely after the election and hopefully after the results are in. Which means that there is a small but real chance that you're listening to this on the last working smartphone in what used to be North America. You are huddled up in your bunker or yurt, depending on what sort of climate there is now. Using the last bit of power you can get from your crank battery to listen to us. In the post-apocalypse, we know that... You need to look for maybe a new religion. Uh, clearly the old gods are dead and that the new gods need to take form so that you can sort of organize what little society you have left. And we here at Jump Cuts Podcast would like to throw our hat in the ring. Uh, we think that we have a lot of foundational texts that you could work off of. Uh, I, I imagine your religion will be very Borat based if this is the only episode that's downloaded on The smartphone you found Um, but that's okay I think that a Borat (laughs) 2 based religion (laughs) could be uh, very helpful to the new world that's all
1: I hope that they also have the roadhouse episode just to make the religion as incoherent and rambling as possible Uh,
0: there's a a lot going for our pitch I think because I think polytheism is coming back (laughs) real strong you know there's a lot of like witch talk people out there you know monotheism old news by now right but like there's three of us and people can pick whatever we would be gods of Mm -hmm. (laughs) park park god of knowledge or something (laughs) charlie god of hosting and will god of uh editing i guess i thought you were gonna be the god of anime dude no (laughs) (laughs) oh god please (laughs) don't
1: Well, so, now that we have that little disclaimer out of the way and you have begun your cult, like we said, this week we watched Borat a Subsequent Movie Film, the sequel to the 2006 mockumentary, uh, which I actually watched the first movie for the first time last week. I somehow managed to go all this time without seeing it. I guess because, I mean, we were, what, like, 12 when it came out? Uh... <laughs> And I was a good little boy who didn't watch R-rated movies. Uh, And then by the time I was a bad little boy who did watch R-rated movies, it was kind of past its cultural relevance. Um, But comparing these two movies is very interesting, and we'll try not to do that too much because, again, this is focused on the new release. But I am going to start out by comparing the two movies. I thought the first one was better, but I still enjoyed the second one even if it's less funny in large part because the reality of some of it makes it just feel very bleak.
0: True. I wonder if the yep. first one had the same yeah. feeling because I wasn't like nearly as politically aware at the time it came out. I don't know mm. when exactly I watched it. I don't think it was on release. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everything felt a little less real at the time because I was a lot younger.
1: As I recall, the first one is not nearly as politically fueled. I know there are still... A good bit of political jokes crammed into it but it's more straight up comedy driven than actual real political like politics i would rephrase that as it is i think it is very political it's just that it's not focused on real world politics and real world politicians so much as like the human drivers behind that or rather how it influences people like the rodeo scene in the first one is what comes to mind first and foremost (laughs) with them saying, you know, talking about like George Bush will drink the blood of the Iraqi children or whatever. Uh,
0: (laughs) The crowd is just just cheering. I think it's just a different time, you know, because like in 2006, it was like like the, the main culture war topics were like the war in Iraq and gay marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. Now it's like basic human rights, you know, I mean, I feel like people barely remember the Iraq <laughs> war, <laughs> like uh, gay marriage is legal. So now we have whether or not uh, a, a virus is real.
1: <laughs> yes, of course. And
0: um, I don't know, is, is is Trump stupid or some sort of golden God, I, I guess.
1: <laughs> I Yeah, so I think what this movie is trying to do is very interesting because it can't really do the first movie again. Uh, partly just because, like, the joke is out there now, right, of, like, you know, fake foreign documentary and actually makes fun of American people. Um, but also because, like, a lot of the joke... A lot of the joke of the first movie is just, like, holding this floodlight up to some of the stupider and more horrific and racist and terrible elements of American culture, like the rodeo scene or the thing with the, uh, the frat boys in the RV... Uh, talking about how women shouldn't have rights and we should still have slaves. <laughs> uh, it's just like, wow, this is ridiculous and silly. haha, <laughs> isn't it? And then now it's like, oh, like, we've progressed to a point where certain political elements have taken what used to be those quiet parts, air quotes that the movie is shining a light on, and now they're just like out loud. So it can't make the joke of like, look at how stupid these people are anymore because like we just see that on the internet every day. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, that and they are they are proud of that stupidity. Yeah. They're part, proud of the like fact the,
1: that they believe the Clintons drink the blood of children who have like raised adrenaline levels. Well, to be fair, yeah. they are right about that. <laughs> <laughs> they've just to missed the out. point that you know the entire democratic and republican establishment does that and the only good guy is bernie sanders
0: well no bill clinton bill clinton is probably a pedophile but he probably thinks that the blood drinking stuff is a little gauche i think That's sort <laughs> That's of, uh... right. bill at least has some taste you know yeah and i think uh like one difficulty this movie sort of had was getting Like, finding people who didn't know who Borat was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because he was such, like, a... I don't know if y'all remember when this came out, but he was, like, incredibly culturally relevant. Like, this was the time when, like, a movie or something could come out and would actually, like, sort of stay in, like, the cultural conversation for, like, more than a month. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, if Tiger King came out in 2006, we would have been talking about it for until, like, 2010. You know, stuff just stuck around a bit longer, I feel like. Uh-huh. And, like, the like Borat voice, my wife thing like, has just been around forever. I know. remember people
1: uh, still making, like, Borat accent jokes my freshman year of college. What is that? Seven years after the release of this movie? Like, it was still a really common thing for people to do. Yeah, the number of middle school boys doing the voice saying, you know, my sister number four prostitute in all Kazakhstan. It's just, oh God, so much. It
0: was pervasive. Yeah, and having flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so the, I don't know how they found these people. And it's like, it makes it a little bit less believable, right? Because you're already sort of. Working against so like, how do they get these people on camera? Like, there's a cameraman there. How and they're acting this way. Like, is this a paid actor? Mm-hmm. You know. And it's always, uh, I, I like rewatched the first Borat, and I was like, man, it's kind of hard to tell. Which is good, I think, for the movie where it's like you can't really tell who's acting and who's not. Uh, and I do know that like they they just kind of lie to people about what the kind of production <laughs> they're doing. Like apparently the frat boys in the first movie. They told him that it was going to be for like a a show that would only air uh, in like Kazakhstan that it would never make it to the US. <laughs> uh, so they just like went crazy with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know for like some of the stuff in this movie, I was reading up on like how they got away with certain things. So the uh, debutante ball in Macon, Georgia, they told everybody it was a staged scene for like a production of some sort but they made everybody who like signed up to do it they paid them all a hundred dollars but you had to take a quiz and it was just like a pop culture quiz and so they only picked people who like answered questions that suggested they did not know who sasha baron cohen or borat was so that like they knew it was staged but they did not know why it was staged
0: which is kind of amazing that all those like young because at the debutante ball ball, you know all the there's, like, a lot of, like, young people there. I'm shocked that none of them, they found, like, this many young people who didn't know who Borat was. I mean, I guess maybe they're, like, Gen Z. Or, Does Gen Z not know who Borat is? That's hilarious. I know my, I know my younger sister has never seen it.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of them, I think, are just too young. If they're, like, teenage girls right now, then they were literal children when this, the first movie came out.
0: Yeah, but, like, I didn't see the movie when it came out. You know, I feel like you just, he's just like part of, I don't know, (laughs) it freaked me out. (laughs) That's fair.
1: Yeah, I I think that's one thing this movie struggles with and one of the the reasons that I I still, again, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really funny. Uh, And that scene was my favorite one. We'll talk about it more later. Oh, it was amazing. uh, (laughs) There's like this constant question in the back of your mind as you're watching this one of like, who was an actor and who was not, and, like, how did they, you know, get away with some of this stuff or, like, put some of these scenes together. Um, and, yeah, it, it makes certain ones feel less, like, real and less funny. Uh, although, in some cases, it kind of works in its favor. Because it is, like, this movie is trying to, like, more directly say something than the original right like the original has a message and it's that americans are stupid uh which is correct (laughs) (laughs) but this one it's like i don't know there's like a more focused message of like you know feminism and like the uh opposition we see to that in certain circles and you know also like some of the covid conspiracy stuff that just kind of fell into their lap because they started filming this before covid really started in the u.s um this, this movie randomly became very woke out of nowhere
0: Yeah, Yeah, it it was weird. I thought it was a weird choice to, like, have, like, Borat become woke by the end of the movie. Yeah, that was kind of (laughs) strange. You know, I was like, that is not where I thought they'd take his character. (laughs) Yeah. It makes sense, though, if, like, what they're trying to do
1: is play into the, like, look, even this absurd caricature of, like, backwards, uh, non progressive cultural stereotypes still manages to become more feminist than the actual republican party of the united
0: states of america Uh, (laughs) but charlie they had the meeting that's true they had had the the whole women's meeting oh man that was another great couldn't you tell how feminist they are with all those Uh, old
1: white men deciding on what women should do with their bodies
0: yeah okay i feel
1: like we've talked enough about like context now though i would like to get into some of these bits and some of these scenes because some of them so okay i thought in the first movie the funniest scenes are the ones where they're fucking with people that deserve it uh like the frat boys for example uh so like the the early part of the movie where some of the people that he's messing with or when he's like you know shitting in the bush on the street granted it being in front of the trump hotel is really funny in retrospect but like some of that i'm just like oh god this is just like painful but when they're fucking with people that
0: deserve it i love it yeah it's and i I do wonder if they find out if people deserve because like borat has a way of like laying bare the soul of whoever he's talking to Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) he can he will force who you are as a person out of you on camera like that's like the magic that's sort of happening when he's like interacting with some of these people and they're just put in the movie like if you that type that person you are ends up being shitty or embarrassing you're going in the film mm-hmm. uh and that really is the most entertaining part you know? yeah like asking for like the jews will not replace us cake and the lady's like yep (laughs) "Yep, all right the literal
1: (laughs) chant from the charlottesville protest just (laughs) she's completely fine with it she puts a bunch of smiley faces around it like (laughs) oh god Uh. yeah so like the uh, the same thing kind of happens in this movie where the early stretch where they're like uh you know uh they they do the bit where they go to like the dress shop and then they go to the uh like salon and all that and just have you know the daughter uh tutar who by the way just i feel like this is relevant i looked this up because i was like there's no way they used an actual teenager for this role right she's 24 uh the actress that plays her uh which is good because that would have been super fucked up if they used an actual teenager for this uh but yeah like some of that stuff i was like oh god this is just like (laughs) it's kind of painful they're just like fucking with these poor ladies trying to run their salon and they're such, like, short scenes that you're like, I feel like they just got kicked out immediately after this happened.
0: that yeah, they just didn't get much good material from it. Fun fact, yeah. uh, my girlfriend has actually shopped at that dress shop. It's in, <laughs> it's in Georgia. <laughs> oh, my God. In Adel, Georgia. Yeah. Um, that, that really was the owner. <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, that, some of those scenes
1: do, though, kind of set up the context for the... Uh, like, the whole women's rights and feminism thing that the movie is doing of, you know, like, oh, like, this woman can own a dress shop. And they're trying to, like, fuck with people and get them to, like, you know, say... It, it feels like they're trying to get them to say some of the, like, negative things about that that they get out of, like, the frat boys in the first movie, for example, but, like, they're not really getting anybody to bite in these scenes. Uh, yeah. Which is good, yeah. but less funny. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's almost unfair to be filming so much of this in the American South because, like, there's a lot of moments where he'll, like, say something and the people clearly disagree with what he's saying or doing, but uh, they physically cannot stop him or, (laughs) like, comment (laughs) on it. Um, Like, even, like, he, like, asked the dress shop owner, like, you know, where's the, like, no means yes, like, dress or whatever. And she just like laughs way too hard at it because she mm-hmm. clearly is like fucking horrified. Yeah. <laughs> but like you can't it if you're from Georgia, you probably know this, that like you you say nothing, you bury that down and then you talk about the person later to your friends being like that person sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> or I had this crazy thing happen to me. But like I feel like most Southerners' goals in that situation is like I need to politely get this person out of my, like, personal space.
1: Yeah. There's, like, the small subsection that will just shoot you, but, like, the general goal is, like, avoid the confrontation. Yeah, avoid the confrontation. Get convoy. out of the situation.
0: Yeah. Contrast pretty heavily with, like, in the first movie when he's, like, messing with people on the subway and they're immediately like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> the, um... I, I think,
1: I, I haven't watched it yet, but he released the, um, like behind the scenes of him leaving the anti-mask rally. So I remember seeing like all the stuff on social media about like Sasha Barakow and like made all of these anti-maskers, like seeing a stupid song and then kind of insulted them and then snuck out. What I didn't realize is that the crowd turns on him and like he barely escapes. Like if that crowd had caught him, they probably would have killed him. Yeah, I saw there was an and, interview about him talking about like somebody trying to grab him and haul him out of their getaway van.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh my god, man, that was in Washington too. I I thought I moved away from all that. Shit. Turns <laughs> out, absolutely not. It, falls it isn't. It's, it's it's everywhere.
1: <laughs> I uh, but yeah, so some of the bits at the start were like kind of not landing for me, and then it starts to pick up with like the the first one that really I thought was good was uh. After she swallows the plastic baby on the cake and then they go to the uh, the pregnancy crisis center air quote oh my God. where it's like it's supposed to I mean it's it's so fucked up that this place even exists right because it's supposed to be like you're meeting with a doctor to talk about your you know crisis yep. which is that you are pregnant Uh, but the, okay the dude is not a doctor yeah, he's, he's a, a pastor. fucking pastor yep. yeah it's <laughs> sitting in this room with like what looks like medical screening equipment. Yeah, Uh, that's an ultrasound sitting there because he's like, "I'm gonna show you the heart. Like, we'll show you that it's breathing." Right? It's oh god, it's messed up. But yeah, that was that scene messed up though. It was was really funny. (laughs) Yeah. So I looked up a little bit more about the pastor. So his name is Jonathan Bright, and he is the founder or founder and director of Faith for Fathers, which is a Christian organization. Which their tagline is to help dads leave a godly legacy. And the whole conversation that they're having is about, like, is suggesting incest between Borat and his daughter.
0: Explicitly.
1: (laughs) And then probably the best line out of all of this is after he even knows that it is the result of incest in a 15 year old girl. His only reply is God is the one who creates life and God does not make accidents. Ugh which yeah. is disgusting God, so cool. he's been reached out to by like several different newspapers for comments since the film has released <laughs> and he has said nothing he has replied to no one
0: yeah he's probably still working there and it'll probably never change but.
1: yeah it was it, it's weird like talking about some of this stuff like outside of the context of the movie it's less funny because it's just so messed up it's terrifying uh, like yeah. Like the fact that that place exists is just horrific. Yeah, but in the context of the movie, they make it so
0: funny. They make it funny because they're talking about her eating a plastic baby. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh. the that they're not even. I don't know. Like I feel like that added that made it a lot easier to Mm -hmm. watch. You know, because it. it, it, You're right. It probably could have just been like really depressing and horrifying. Seeing like just like what this man like does to like young women who are like coming to him for help but uh instead it's just like a funny like oh he doesn't know (laughs) what's happening yeah Uh,
1: but like it it is terrifying like this movie like as much like i laugh at scenes like that and like the whole anti-mask gun rally scene like i laugh at oh my god these people are like singing along to this line of like let's chop up the journalists like the saudis do but i'm sitting here also realizing like these people like they they're like yeah let's fucking do it and like you even see a guy in the crowd when he makes the comment about using gas chambers like do a nazi salute and that is yeah like and those are not actors like those are actual people who believe we should be gassing and cutting up journalists it is uh yeah especially this close to the election horrific yeah yeah <laughs>
0: very scary. Well, I was going to say, I feel like that's sort of, like, I don't know. It, ha, I've been trying to think, like, has it always, like, been there, at least in, like, the Borat series? Because uh, thinking back to, like, when he, in the first one, when he is at, like, the rodeo and he's talking to the guy, who's, like, uh, Borat is saying, like, oh, the, like, saying, like, what they would do to, like, gay people in, like, his country, and, like, the guy's like, well, that's what we're trying to get done here. Like, the dude literally yeah. thinks that, like, anyone who like isn't cis heterosexual person should be like strung up in the street or some shit like he's a, a monster and probably still believes that to this day if he's still alive but like i don't know why i guess maybe because it's a crowd of people in this movie <laughs> that makes it so dark or like the fact that they're denying the existence of a virus that has killed uh but 200 000 people
1: at the recording <laughs> yeah it's well,
0: over that in america i
1: think as of right now i think we're close to like two hundred thirty thousand. Yep. Yeah, it's partly that, and it's partly, like, one of these people is just the actual president now, which is, like, you know, that's been the case before, but, you know, the people who were the actual president and were like that at least pretended they weren't like that.
0: True, yeah, I mean, they did uh, all the same shit, they just weren't, like, outwardly saying, you know. Yeah, it's like, now we're like, oh. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> These people believe that it's okay for them to do this stuff now that trump is yeah, our president
0: sort of emboldened
1: <clears throat> it's been very enabled like as you know like you also kind of see it with like when he's making the joke of how do i get into this republican rally and like he wears the clan <laughs> in like nobody stops him <laughs> he just like fucking walks through there not a single person tries to be like sir like take that off no they just like they're looking at him funny but he just walks right in yeah.
0: I, I remember uh, i saw on twitter like people were talking about like oh my god this article from like a while back like when cpac was happening of like a clan member there like oh that was that was boring. amazing yeah because like i remember
1: seeing the article about like the guy dressed as trump calling like mike pence the vice pussinator or something and holding a girl <laughs> on his shoulder and i'm like holy shit that actually happened and then i watched this movie and i'm like oh my god
0: Fireman carrying
1: <laughs> i do i like that whole plot thread though of like the driving force of the movie is him trying to sell his daughter to mike pence <laughs> and later rudy giuliani
0: yeah like most womanizing man in the united states they don't even let him in the same room <laughs> <alone> <laughs> with
1: and that's where I kind of feel like COVID threw a huge wrench into their plans for the movie. Cause I, it felt to me like what they wanted to do was more of that and just have like a whole saga of like fucking with actual entrenched Republican politicians. Uh, yeah,
0: but then they all win inside. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can we also talk about the fact that like a, a, High political leader was like perfectly fine with doing a QAnon interview, like,
0: yeah, yeah, a... like, <laughs> well, they like QAnon because they're on their side, you know, yeah, you know who, you know who votes for them, and
1: yeah, that's like Giuliani's whole thing is just espousing bullshit. <laughs> when I used to drive to and from Knoxville up in um, Dalton, Georgia. There used to be a giant QAnon billboard right across the highway from a help us Jesus, let Trump drain the swamp billboard. Um, and
0: It really, I feel like it, it speaks a lot to the tenacity of the QAnon people that they are like, like their guy has been in power for almost four years now. Yeah. And they're like, He's a victim. Like, they're not letting him do it. It's like, what are you... He's the most <laughs> powerful man in the world. He <laughs> can't do it now.
1: Okay, let's talk some more about some of the other bits, kind of going yeah. through the movie, uh, before we get, like, further into the political second half. Uh, not that, I mean, obviously the whole movie is incredibly political. I should mean the, like, literal political scenes. Because uh, one of my favorites, I said this earlier, the debutante ball was so <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> Partly because like we have been to things similar to that because we grew up in the south. I don't think any of us went to an actual debutante ball, but like yeah. we, we know went to school. Did. Yeah, like yeah. we know people that did and like we went to We PDC. went to school dances that were called PDCs and like nobody like ever used the we always just called them by the acronym, but like that acronym stands for pre-debutante cotillion, right? Like it's tied into that system. Uh <laughs> Which is already kind of like weird and backwards and him like messing with those people was funny especially the uh, the guy that he asked and like I, again these are people that think they're being like paid to be extras in some kind of movie uh, but he still asks this guy with no other context like how much would you pay for my daughter and he just says $500. The best is <laughs> when like that guy's daughter. daughter is like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like what the fuck is wrong with you? She's like that's disgusting dad. <laughs> that was great uh i appreciated her very much but then yeah the the whole dance sequence it was like already kind of funny there's like okay like they're doing this goofy dance and messing with these people and they're kind of like playing along and then when she does the like pulling up the dress period thing oh um, i was screaming
0: <laughs> i i died yeah and then i love how like no one stopped the music let it all happen because you have to because you're from Georgia (laughs) you just just gotta watch and play some people were still clapping along that shit was going Mm -hmm. on that's how like locked into the like must be polite can't intervene
1: (laughs) can we talk we also we kind of jumped over one of the earlier bits but like I know it's become more and more of like a cultural phenomenon here lately is um the Instagram influencer Sugar Babies. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> the fact that, like, they're like, yeah, we're going to go meet with the like the best feminist in America. And it is a literal Sugar Baby who is saying, I find cool, you a man who's close to dying, who has a lot of money and be submissive to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was... We're in the era right now where I think it, it was either MasterCard or American Express now has a custom credit card you can order that has just the sugar daddy candy wrapper as the background of the credit card. <laughs>
0: oh um, <my> God. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, do I support things like scamming old men out of their money or uh, starting an OnlyFans? Uh, sure, you know, that's good. But w- what it says about like the state of our economy is kind of unsettling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like... The, the fact that more people are being driven to this is uh, kind of dark. <laughs> but no, we are we are pro-scamming the old here. At
1: <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like after the uh, Cotillion sequence, that and the uh, cosmetic surgery plays. That's <laughs> oh, when the movie kind of... Where the surgeon whole... literally admits to wanting to rape Borat's daughter.
0: Yeah, that was horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that dude... <too. laughs> Jesus Christ, we, I looked him up too He's got like a real practice You can just find him on the internet Oh, I bet That shit is crazy It, it is amazing the things that people are Like I said, I don't even know how he does it Like how he gets people to Because like, if someone asks you that question Just say, I'm happily married It's so easy Yeah. <laughs> even even if you're a, a like, weird guy Who really like wants to sleep with this Like person that you think is a literally 15 years old like why didn't he lie <laughs> you're, right. you're on <laughs> camera
1: like the best part about that scene too is when like right after he says that and Borat's trying to like talk down the price of the surgery <laughs> and he's like "Well, what if we should have some perverts just like watch pay to watch the surgery will that take money off and she's like the perverts have to be medical personnel it's <laughs> like yeah so you're like lead surgeon <laughs>
0: That lady, that lady was funny. She had some like comedic timing to her. <laughs> I was a fan of the receptionist. One thing that surprised me by this movie is that like there are a lot more like kind of like genuinely sweet moments than in than in the first yeah. one. Yeah. The first one was like pretty much entirely cynical. The babysitter uh, or like is... yeah, the yeah, the babysitter was like cuz I looked her up cuz by the end I was like she had to have been like a plant or an actor, right? Like there's no way but like she is She's just like a real Yeah Woman who's like babysitting And I don't know if they like Maybe fed her some lines At like the end uh, Because the stuff She was saying to him Seemed a little too Scripted But, but like, I think All the stuff at the beginning Was pretty much Like her genuinely And this is what I mean About like Borat Sort of bringing out Who you are There's like They brought out Who this person was And it turns out She's just like A very excellent
1: person I was say So I, I looked into like a lot of the people and like how they you know set up the the scenes they did and like what they what they told them they were filming for right and they told this woman uh Janice Jones that they were filming a documentary about child brides uh yeah child brides and grooming specifically oh, in okay. foreign countries uh yeah, so she is. thought this was about like girls being essentially like groomed and then sold into sex slavery
0: and right, that right. so they, they primed her a bit but she did a great job for just like an average person oh <laughs> like yeah she brain. killed
1: it she killed it and like in return so she actually lost her job at, like she was a, i think she's retired and then decided to start babysitting or and taking care like taking care of people who need help kind of things and she lost her job because of covid and sasha barrett cohen I think donated like $100,000 to like a GoFundMe that was started for her. And she has now like given that money to the local church of her community. That's now distributing it to those in need because of COVID. Yeah. She's been involved in a bunch of like community support stuff. Cause again, yeah. Like she's in a rural Southern community that's been hit pretty hard economically by all of this. And that is kind of like, it's, it's a less funny part of this movie, but it is a good part, right? That like it manages to, see some more positives and I'm I'm curious how much they planned for that when they were planning and writing this movie if they were intentionally trying to find more positives with like how dark things have gotten recently or if that just kind of happened uh but either way
0: it's (laughs) encouraging to see yeah well I feel like that whole the scene of like the babysitter could have easily been like a a another scene of like them presenting an american with like something horrifying and the american just like going along with it you know or like being cool you know it's like no we can uh you know her being like oh like this, this is like the storybook that <laughs> he gave me and then like she could have just like read it and said nothing you know
1: like the one thing i think makes like really makes me think that they did not expect uh, her to go in the direction she did is after she kind of gives um Tutar what is uh maria back baklova i don't know how, i cannot pronounce her last name properly i bet but i think it's baklanova i'll i'll pull it up there's, while you're there's not
0: an end dude we we're so bad i oh, so <laughs> bad, <laughs> at I'm really bad at pronouncing really bad slavic names. names yeah sorry.
1: when she like kind of gives her the whole pep talk of like you know you don't have to do this like you're beautiful like for who you are and you should find somebody who likes you for you and she hugs her like the look on her like on the daughter's face is a very genuine look of like thank you and so i really don't think that she expected all of that to just suddenly come streaming out and i think that you know it was she did a killer job yeah maria bakalova uh, like Will said, no end.
0: She's a great actor, though. She did a really good job. Yeah, very funny, too. <laughs> Like, the whole movie, hilarious. Like, just as funny as Sasha Baron Cohen, I thought. Like, yeah. she was really good at, I don't know, like, getting reactions out of people. Particularly Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I So, apparently,
1: I, again, was doing a lot of reading about this. So, they interviewed and auditioned, like, 200 different actors to play the daughter uh, because they knew, like, you know, A, some of these situations are going to be dangerous, B, you need, like, a very specific mindset and improvisation ability to do some of this stuff and, like, get the reactions that they're fishing for, and see like, you know, some of those situations, like the Giuliani one, have potential to go to some fucked up places, so, like, they were looking for someone that they thought, like, had the mental fortitude to handle it and the uh, presence of mind to, like, get out of it, as if necessary so
0: yeah like no one to because it looked like during the like rudy giuliani part it was like it was kind of up in the air if he was about to take his dick out but uh i i think sasha baron cohen it was like we have to we have to stop right now like yeah (laughs) things are about to get to like escalate to a point where this is no longer like funny Mm-hmm. and they just like maybe illegal yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's the thing is if he yeah. actually took his dick out like they wouldn't be able to use the footage anymore as much as like it would have been great if they caught like the most criminal act possible like they they could not legally do that
0: <laughs> yeah so he like you pretty much had to like step in there because and like that really is where the scene felt like it was going like mm-hmm. didn't he, i don't know old rudy was real touchy <laughs> like,
1: yeah, he's yeah. disgusting. I mean, literally, when he sits there on the bed, he is like asking her for like what's your phone number and address. It, it was it was about like I, I wish that Bora or that uh, Sasha had like waited maybe like thirty more seconds, so we could have gotten a more definitive answer. But I also understand that like if that thirty seconds had been too long, like this would have been a very like serious thing to have to deal with. Yeah, and like for the sake of the actress, too, like they can't just film her being sexually assaulted. Obviously,
0: yeah. yeah. like <laughs> I can see you being like, yeah, we got we convinced you to or we got you on this movie, and now you're in, in a room alone with Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> <laughs> and very much being like, we need to get you out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but even then, his comedic timing is amazing. Like he walks in, he's just like, no, 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 she's too young for you, or she no, she's too old for you. She's yeah. 15. <laughs> Take me instead. <laughs> So good.
1: I think even Sasha Baron Cohen said, like, I was having to watch everything through, like, a peephole basically into the room, and I had no idea what was going on and just had to, like, guess my timing. And he nailed it. I love how Giuliani in the aftermath to, like, one of his quotes about it, he was like, Oh, that Sasha Baron Cohen's. He got a lot of people, but he didn't get me. Like, dude, what? <laughs> He got you with your literal (laughs) hand on your dick. Reaching down your pants on camera for this motherfucker. He absolutely (laughs) got you. You were doing a fake interview. Even if it were not for the, like, creepiness, like, you were already got.
0: (laughs) And, like, the whole, like, oh, I was just, like, adjusting, you know, she was helping with the sound equipment and it's like, man, like, she invited you for drinks in, like, the like the bedroom of this hotel, like you're laying on the bed, like you know what's happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Come on, Rudy. Uh, I love how I can't believe he got in that dig about it marrying his cousin, and he like Rudy stayed there. That was great.
1: Also, I want to know how Sasha Barrett Cohen got like past security that easily. Like, I feel like he got into that room incredibly easily with a presidential advisor in the hotel room. I mean, I think they literally, like, just had him disguised as part of the sound crew, right? Yeah, and they just let him in. Because there's the thing (laughs) where he comes in with the boom mic, but, like, I think, yeah, like, I
0: yeah i mean i mean they filmed the scene when he's like trying to get upstairs i think probably either way before or way after any of that happened right
1: but yeah i i think clearly giuliani's security is just not very good because he is and i cannot stress this enough a fucking idiot so (laughs) (laughs) i could probably get access to him too if i wanted to but i really don't want to see his junk so i
0: remember what he said to like the security person that when he's trying to get get upstairs, he's like, I need to save my daughter from America's mayor. Oh yeah. That was so funny.
1: It's interesting that like this movie has a more direct message than the first one sort of, but I almost wanted it to do more with it. If that makes sense. Uh, And maybe it's just because of like how shitty things got with like, you know, COVID specifically after they started filming but a few of those bits kind of they they just rang a little hollow as like a like haha orange man owned joke. Uh
0: <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's just me, but Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen let out his inner lib uh big time in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very like and make sure you get out and vote and it's like, hey, no, I support voting and everything, but I don't know how much this is gonna help with the uh QAnon, adrenochrome conspiracy situation <laughs> <laughs> and
1: right you know, like, like, like it uh, will take a lot more than voting to, to fix the like cultural issues that this movie is you know poking fun at uh and it's like that that's great and all but uh you know I'm glad that it poked fun at them but that doesn't solve it either so when it's a movie that's like trying to not it and it's not the movie's not necessarily trying to present a solution but when it's going to comment that directly i just i wish it would have taken like the next step if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah that's that's fair because they were like compared to the first one there really there was a lot more plot to this and a lot mm-hmm. more going on that was like i felt more like a movie you know <laughs> yeah because like borat one is like was it's like 70 or 80 minutes long and it's like it feels a lot more like thrown together which I think is, like, a lot of its charm. And this was, like, it felt a lot more structured, even though, I mean, uh, they clearly had to, like, sort of create that structure as they were getting interviews. Um, And they did actually, like, a really good job of making it sort of all, like, flow together. I don't know how they, like, got it. (laughs) this I'd be really interested to see, like, when they uh, filmed each scene, you know? Like, did they get the idea for, like, eating the plastic baby before or after they interviewed with the, or they went to, like, the clinic, you know? Mm -hmm. It would be interesting to, like, hear that process. Yeah, some of the plotting still, like, because they are kind of going for more, some of it did feel kind of half-assed because they were trying to be more of a real movie. I am
1: curious as to, like, what the original plot design was kind of supposed to be because, like, you have, like, the end all of a sudden, becomes very centered around the virus and like the fact that Kazakhstan created the virus to get back at like the world for laughing at them because of the first movie and so I'm wondering what their original end goal was pre-covid because the start of the movie is pre-covid yeah you can really tell that like they got derailed by covid and I mean there is again there's so many like Dark, somber moments amidst all the the humor and the comedy here, but the Pence speech is kind of like the peak of that, where he's talking about like we have fifteen coronavirus cases and it's very under control and it will be gone soon. Now two hundred twenty thousand people have died.
0: Yeah, right? right. Like it'll it'll probably hit <laughs> half a million like before a vaccine comes out. <laughs>
1: like, yeah,
0: like almost certainly at this
1: point because clearly we're not interested in doing the things necessary to actually solve this before a vaccine, even not solve it, but just like minimize the fucking damage.
0: Yeah. it's, it's oh. That was like, uh, I don't know. I usually, I'm usually good about like not getting like too angry at these people and just sort of like, you know, brushing it off being like there's no point in, getting mad at the vice president right now just sort of laugh at him because he's dumb and move on but that was a moment in the movie where i was like god damn like so so angry yeah
1: especially when he says the like if it does keep spreading we are ready and i'm like no no we were not like we (laughs) we were were quite the opposite
0: of ready for it this country on a logistical and even cultural level is wholly unprepared for any sort of like pandemic situation yeah failed state
1: yes <laughs> it's just oh god but yeah like you can kind of feel after that they're like fishing for like what do we do mm-hmm. with the rest of the movie now <laughs> so mm-hmm. like he goes to there's the whole scene with the guys uh in lockdown or not there, there's a series of scenes with the lockdown guys in this one again so i read up on this one it was like they were told uh, that this was just like a documentary about a foreign guy living in America during the pandemic. Uh, so they were still like being themselves on camera doing this. Uh, and he talked about, it, he was like, this is like the hardest role or bit or whatever that I've done because like I had to like live with these QAnon conspirators for a week. Uh, and he was only he was only with them for I think it was like five days. I think in the movie they say it's like months, but it was like five days. He was with these guys, but still, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that part you I'll let you touch on this a little more. But you mentioned there was a another interview you read with Cohen talking about those guys, right, and how like they didn't seem to necessarily be like malicious, intentionally evil people, they had just been duped by conspiracies their entire life or something. Yeah, he basically said in an interview, he said, uh actually I have the quote still pulled up. Uh they are ordinary folks who are good people who just have been fed this diet of lies. They're completely different to the politicians who are motivated by their own power, who realize that they can create fear by spreading these lies through the most effective propaganda machine in history, talking about social media. So what I think this movie is trying to do relative to the first one, what it can be boiled down to is like the first one is, Hey, look at all these stupid Americans and their stupid racist misogynist culture. Isn't it dumb and funny how ridiculous these people are and they're right. Uh, (laughs) And then this, but the second movie is more like, Hey, like look at the people in actual power that are like driving and enabling and promoting this and making the problem worse to their own benefit. And that's where i think covid really hurt it is i feel like and that that sounds crazy right because covid is like this massive example of exactly that but it stopped them from being able to do more directly interacting with politicians or businessmen or other people that you would consider like the holders
0: of power right yeah instead we get to hang out with the qanon people for a bit longer (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, which is interesting and i do think Mm -hmm. that uh, it, it kind of surprised me or i think it's maybe an important part of the movie where like because like the qn guys on guys that he's like living with uh yeah they aren't just like strictly like right- wing monsters or whatever yeah, like he, he he brings out like the book about like how like babies are born <laughs> or whatever and like they push back on that they're like this is a conspiracy or like you know, they say stuff like, oh no, like women are equal to men here, like equal rights and stuff. Like they're, uh, I don't know, a feminist would be a strong word for these fellas, but like, <laughs> you know, like they're, they don't fit into like, I feel like, like most people, uh, like in the world, their politics are like basically just an incoherent grab bag. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Like they haven't really connected the whole, like how inherently misogynist, like libertarianism could be. And like, things like that like they don't they clearly haven't thought that far through it mm-hmm. but uh and that like it really is like if they had just happened to be like hanging out with different people in life or like went to a different website yeah. uh, <laughs> then maybe this wouldn't have happened to them that's sort of it's a very different vibe than what we got from borat one which was a lot more like damning i feel like it's
1: interesting who the sequel chooses to judge Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, like as like you know, crazy as the things these guys are talking about are, it's not super harsh on them. Aside from like, the song is pretty bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, <laughs> the song. Is bad. That's uh, that's not good. Um, but you know, it's more like, uh, it's it's trying to make them look like silly and seen and exposed, but it's not condemning them like you said as harshly as it does uh some of the other characters like i don't know i feel like the abortion clinic guy or fake abortion clinic guy and then like the politicians it's more judgmental of them
0: oh totally and and i feel like it it, it would have felt weird if they tried to like rehabilitate the abortion clinic guy yeah yeah <laughs> or, or the fake abortion clinic guy. what are they even called because they it's like named a- them
1: Pregnancy, pregnancy crisis, crisis center, center.
0: Yeah, yeah could they name them very similarly to abortion you know they... yeah
1: exactly that's what you're supposed to think it is and then you walk in there and that it's not a doctor it's a fucking pastor
0: i'm glad they didn't like try to i don't know humanize that guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. that guy. <laughs>
1: but... hey, can we talk about the uh, the real hero of the film and that's a uh, brian the phone salesman <laughs> was kind of <laughs> uh, like, oh, i think he figured it out <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. he was he was a good sport about the whole thing <laughs>
0: honestly probably not even the weirdest thing you see in at that job <laughs> it's probably literally <laughs> happened to him before <laughs> yeah because you could tell like literally as the dude went like into the bathroom he like knew what was about to happen
1: <laughs> was johnny the monkey supposed to be a harambe reference i didn't really think about that until after the movie I, but i don't I didn't think so get that at all no <laughs> i it's it's a loose uh tie i will grant you But I was just kind of thinking, I was like, huh, all the ridiculousness of this movie starts because Johnny the monkey has died. 15,000 people in 2016 did write in Harambe for president. I I want that to sink in to all of our listeners. When you make your vote, even if you don't like either candidate, please don't just throw it away to something like Harambe, a fucking dead gorilla. 15,000 people did that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you vote a third party, you're right, and you are just mathematically voting for the Republican because they have the electoral advantage of getting all of the low population states. Um, Oh, one thing I actually did want to kind of touch on a little bit. So there's the extreme, probably what is one of the most offensive depictions he does in this movie is when he goes to the synagogue. Oh, yeah, um, it is. It is incredibly offensive to the Jewish community. But because of that, it is one of the few times that he did truly break character before filming the scene. I think the daughter of the woman he meets at the synagogue was suing Amazon Prime because she was not aware of the fact that Sasha Baron Conan had come forward to her before he did the scene. Um, because the woman is an actual Holocaust survivor. And at the end of the film, if you watch the credits, I kind of skipped through the end of the credits just to see if there was anything tucked away at the end. There's actually a dedication to the grandmother because she did pass away, I think, a couple of months ago, actually. I, I looked her up and I was reading some of that, too. It was like, I, I think what they told her before filming was that like they were filming a documentary about anti-Semitism and Holocaust denial uh, and then after they filmed the sequence, he like broke character and told her like, "Hey, listen, like that's not what this is. This is like, I'm the Borat guy. We're doing that again.
0: uh <laughs> We're doing Borat again. I'm doing uh, um, the anti-Semitism um, as a joke. Eh. Yeah, <laughs> which still like, <laughs> it's kind of like gonna make, we're gonna make people feel feel weird watching this. Yeah, right. Feel not um, good." <laughs>
1: that's yeah that's a that's a tough thing to say to an actual holocaust survivor it's like hey this is a holocaust denial joke uh and it is like an effective joke in the context of the movie right where his daughter is talking about uh like you know look at all these things on facebook where you can learn all these things about how like our country's greatest accomplishment the holocaust was fake (laughs) uh which is just horrible but it is like you know it's, it's funny because it's such a ridiculous, stretched example of, like, the, the social media point that it's trying to make. Mm. And then for him to run into an actual Holocaust survivor after that, it's just, oh, yeah. God.
0: And to have her be so, like, incredible on camera. Yeah. To, yeah. She, she so was another example and... of, like, a person who, like, created this. It felt, like, scripted how, like, just how beautiful their conversation was, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it is it it, man it just surprised me this movie how much like how much like earnest positivity (laughs) came out of it in some scenes yeah then he of course he undercuts that with like cheering when he finds out that it was real yeah
1: (laughs) that uh that synagogue is in marietta too by the way another Mm -hmm. one of the georgia scenes they filmed most of the movie in south carolina and Georgia. Yeah, there's, like, when he lands in Galveston, and then he's like, yeah, we went to the nearest uh, village to, like, you know, seek thing, like, just to see what's been going on, and all I saw was, like, a City of Decatur flag in the background. I'm like, how'd he get from Galveston <laughs> to, like, five minutes down the road from where I live? <laughs> like, when, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> that's a jump.
0: <laughs> yeah, those Georgia tax, tax breaks for filming. <laughs> yes,
1: they are enticing.
0: Yeah, I think this is the first movie we've seen that is filmed uh, in both of the states that uh, this podcast inhabits. <laughs> so yeah, just, yeah. Uh,
1: it's also the first movie that we've done that is like very new. Like this is what less than two weeks old.
0: Yeah, we're doing we're we're being current now. So, Park, your your pick needs to be like the oldest, most irrelevant movie possible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the the tone of next week and our next pick is going to depend very heavily on what happens Tuesday or happened Tuesday for those of you that are listening after this is released. Yes. And for those of you that are listening before it's released, who are you and how do you have access to our accounts? <laughs> how did you
0: get out of our Google Drive.
1: I guess like we've kind of talked about sort of like the meat of the film like all the way through it i do want to talk a bit about the ending because i did love like a lot of the little tidbits thrown in at the end i think one of them that like really stood out to me was i remember like the first film like their largest export is like mail order brides and this time it's grooms and when they close up the the little cart they're in the uh shipping label is 2k spacey um Oh, Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they are sending (laughs) all of those teenage boys to Kevin Spacey. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Which means that they will all wind up dead after accusing Kevin Spacey.
0: Oh god, Park, don't say it (laughs) now. Now he's gonna kill us. Where are we gonna get another host?
1: I have sealed my fate. TBT to Kevin Spacey releasing a video called Kill Them With Kindness.
0: Kevin Spacey's got a fucking instant transmission behind you. <laughs> 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 Nothing, personnel so kid.
1: That video, the House of Cards, the, like personality thing he did for Christmas. After yeah, that's the thing that I'm was talking the about. worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Because literally, after he released that video, was when one of his ac- accusers wound up dead, or it was like right before he released the video, one of his accusers wound up dead, and in that video, he's like, "Remember, just kill your enemies with kindness."
0: Didn't he have, like, a weird, like, royal family mug? I think so. (laughs) Conspiracy people ate that shit up. (laughs) I also
1: agree, though, that we should have a uh, running of the American event here in the U.S. I thought that was fantastic of the uh, Karen in an All Lives Matter shirt, no mask, and a Walmart (laughs) AR-15 is what they specifically described it as. (laughs) I the model for her kind of made me think of the uh, was it the St. Louis like people standing on their porch with the guns. I think that's what it was supposed. Was to be. Was that what it was supposed to be? Yeah. Was the like the lawyer and his wife standing on their front lawn pointing all the guns at the uh, at the
0: protesters? Man, that had to be difficult making this movie with like how quickly I feel like news cycles now. Yeah, because like you have to keep it you, they had like like was like Fauci there i was like i for, totally forgot about that guy I, I he could be dead now and i don't i wouldn't know <laughs> like what is he up to yeah no, he's no,
1: still no. trying to convince our uh world leaders that science is real and by our world leaders i mean he's trying to convince donald trump that science is real
0: he's not doing a great job he's, he's got to lead with more compliments i think i think that's <laughs> the key <laughs>
1: yeah that i this is the last time i'll say it i swear but i feel like the uh I feel like COVID hurt their ability to, like, keep up with the news cycle and do more direct coverage of a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Because, like, they straight up just, they couldn't do it safely.
0: But I think, like, generally in a movie like this, like, being, getting, like, too, like, current event-y, you know, like, making a reference to, like, the gun couple or whatever is, like, probably ill-advised just because it is so, like, people in a year will totally forgotten about those people. You know, and instead of going for, like, Stuff that is a bit more lasting, like Rudy Giuliani is like kind of been a figu- has been a public figure forever, right? So like that works, uh, and he has like so much history that it just makes it like very funny. But bringing up something like I don't know, I hope they weren't trying to reference Harambe. That would be such a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> the uh, I. I did love, though, that, like, they cut in the interview from Fox News with Rudy Giuliani just telling the guy he's an idiot and a moron and he needs to shut up. <laughs> like, that's a that's a political leader just on the news throwing, like, childhood playground insults at a guy. <laughs> One last thing was speaking of, like, kind of odd references that I forgot when they have, like, all of the women, like typing on the computers like influencing american elections and it shows the girl like typing out as a black man the picture (laughs) on that was the thick neck guy the guy who like in his mugshot had like a foot wide neck oh i didn't even notice that yeah that was the that was the profile picture that was funny (laughs) oh we didn't even talk about the like republican women's meeting in florida oh god that was that, that was a to. hard scene for me to watch that was so good that <laughs> was, was another so one of good. my favorites along with the the debut time ball uh, see i have a problem watching things like the office and parks and rec not because they're not funny or i don't like them because i do but because the like cringe humor makes my own social anxiety like boil over <laughs> And this yeah, movie I, is nothing but that. I know what you mean. That was I got that a lot in like the first movie where it was just like, oh my god, like who else is he going to fuck with now? But oh man.
0: <laughs> it's a lot easier for me to watch that stuff when I feel like the person deserves it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh this group I don't it, it was funny seeing the different reactions to like her uh, vividly describing her discovering masturbation 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, because, of, like, I think, like, someone in the crowd are obviously, like, horrified, and some are, like, seem to be a little bit, like, you know, yeah, you go. <laughs> I think one of them even <laughs> says, like,
1: you know what? We're glad that you're here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll start with Will. Would you recommend Borat, a bull rat subsequent movie film?
0: Uh, absolutely. I think it was rated for uh, anyone over the age of three. So uh, yeah, go for that Watch it, really funny um, If you liked the first one, you will like this one If you haven't seen The first Borat uh, Watch that too, I don't know Like it, it has some staying power Like it stays funny uh, In 2020 somehow, which is pretty impressive So yeah I highly recommend, very funny movie
1: And hey, Park uh, Yeah, I Definitely recommend this movie um, You know, I think it you know, it hits on the, com- like, just standard comedy and political comedy very, very well. Uh, it is uh, very nice. And- no,
0: we almost made it the whole time without doing the voice.
1: No. <laughs> I couldn't resist. But, yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It was good. It was funny. I still, I thought the first one was funnier, but this one was also very good. You should watch it. And watch the first movie if you haven't seen it so that you uh, don't get got by Sasha Baron Cohen, like esteemed Mayor Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you for listening. We appreciate it. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Jump Cuts Pod, on Instagram at Jump Cuts Pod, and on our website, JumpCutsPod.com. Uh, Will, where can people find you?
0: You can follow me on Twitter at WillPostWords, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Will Johnston, on YouTube. I make videos about movies.
1: And Park. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SummerHourBrew, where I am essentially just a Jump Cuts bot. I have yet to post anything unique. I just keep retweeting all of our posts. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at SummerHour underscore Brewing where I post things about baking and the craft beer world that I work in. And you can find me on Instagram at charlieb.writes, where I am taking a social media break, not because I thought I needed one, but because I don't have anything I want to tell strangers on the internet about right now, other than this podcast. So (laughs) thanks again for listening. Be sure to uh, leave a like rating, review, subscribe, whatever you do on your chosen podcast platform. And we will see you next time assuming that the uh you know north america still exists and has not devolved into a both apocalyptic wasteland
0: no 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 we need that we need that we'll see you next time so the religion has like a resurrection myth going on oh so that's yeah. important yeah, yeah. Like, there we I'll, go okay. i'll cut all this but like, yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you